Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. This is the app that allows you last-minute tickets, uh, easy checkout, great selection. It's a great way to save money, uh, to get into the games, the concerts, all those things you want to see uh, more than anything else. Well, now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, and then under the Billing section, redeem the code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Free money. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem this code, and it expires at the end of the year, so December 31st, 2019. Make your move quickly and score those last-minute tickets you want so badly. Welcome to Front End Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Ports on cue. Allison Lucan is here as well. Good morning. And the Blue Jackets, it is a good morning. The Blue Jackets with a resounding 3 nothing win over the Washington Capitals last night. It sounds strange to say the Blue Jackets should play the best team in the NHL more often. <laughs> because... They do well against these Caps. This is six out of seven against them, four in a row. Two straight here within the span of eight days. Um, and honestly, I think going into both of these games, the one in Washington a week ago last Monday, hey, boy, this team is a buzzsaw at, at the wrong time for the Blue Jackets. And then last night, you think, boy, the Blue Jackets are really teetering here. Caps have won six in a row on the road. This doesn't set up very well, and this is why they play – the games, is it not? I, I tell you, it was it, as much as the, the previous game was a surprise. I think this one was even more so for all the reasons you detailed the lineup changes for the Blue Jackets, to, new players coming in. Um, right. Even in the game, when the game isn't decided, you have Andrew Peake going down, missing a big chunk of that first period. Oh. Um, it, it's it, it's impressive, but it's also, and we've talked about this too, it, it's I'd, I'd wager it's quite frustrating because the question then becomes why in these games and why not in other games, particularly after the challenges yeah. we just outlined. Right. 
And I think, you know, you watch if you watch these guys play all the time, you realize, you, and, and Tortorella says this in his own way, you have to be more concerned on a day-to-day basis with how well they play more than just the results because the results over an 82-game season, they come and go. You have the a classic game like the Rangers where the Blue Jackets were clearly the better team and lost. You have a game in Pittsburgh where it's just empty and not there and they lose one nothing in overtime. Those can't be tolerated. I thought the game Saturday in Ottawa, while not not aesthetically pleasing for either team, I don't think they dogged it. They just weren't great for the first couple of periods. Mm-hmm. They made a hell of a push at the end, and they couldn't hang on. A silly turn of events in the overtime there with Atkinson missing a breakaway with Wenberg taking a penalty, and they lose that game as well. But still, you're coming into this game thinking, oh, God, the Caps are going to be pissed off about getting beaten home rink. And then Corpusello was really, really good last night, 30 saves. But honestly, I thought the play in front of him made it a pretty good game for a goaltender to play in. Um, a veteran had nine shots on goal. That's that's never a good thing. But uh, they, I thought they were all sort of reasonable shots. I thought they handled Ovechkin well yeah. and allowed Corpusello to see him. Uh, Bjorkstrand with a couple of goals. And then a, a, a violent turn at, at the end. And and I, I, when I look at the hit by Wilson on Gavrikov, huh, I mean, I, I, you try to separate the the uh, player from the hit as you're evaluating it. It's not always easy. I just don't like the hit, Allison, at the time that it occurs and with the intent that was clearly behind it. I don't think there was head contact there. I do think he left the ice. I didn't like the hit. You? Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I will also admit it's hard to separate the player from the situation, but but to to hit like that at that point in the game gains you nothing. Um, yeah. This wasn't essential to creating a scoring chance or creating a change of possession. Um, I don't like it at all, um, particularly because I'm always loud about player health and safety and, and Gabrikov stayed down for a bit. I didn't like the way that looked either. Um, you just, you just don't need to be that violent against an opponent, right. arguably at any time, but specifically at that point in the game. Yeah. This isn't a heated playoff game where it's two, two in the third period. That's right. That's way behind the play. There's no question that the intent of that is to injure Gabrikov. He didn't do it. That's good. Gavrikov goes off under his own power. I spoke to him after the game. He said he was fine. Um, and the Blue Jackets, David Savard steps up to Tom Wilson. That That's the, the you know, it, it's such an awkward, <laughs> awkward spot to be in to acknowledge a fondness or an appreciation for people willing to fight with their gloves off when we know what the ramifications are mm-hmm. long term. It's not good. Um, and yet there may, maybe it's the caveman carnivore within me but when i see a guy that doesn't fight often step up to a guy who does because he doesn't like something that just happened on the ice i do feel like there is some team unity that is born of that and and savard was is always appreciated in the dressing room but it was given a bit of a hero's welcome when he came in uh last night after the game um uh, I I'm torn with this because I like what he did, yeah. But I don't like what the two of those guys did ultimately because you know it can be. Well, and I, you know, I I'm just gonna go there. Maybe I just haven't had enough coffee, <laughs> but 
some players more than others um, from the Blue Jackets locker room and, and other teams are vocal about Tom Wilson's play. And yeah. arguably, if the league doesn't address that situation, that leads to, to Savard doing what he did too. Um, because there's a discussion to be had about does Tom Wilson learn? Does he start to respect the line? Is he crossing the line and not managed to it properly? perhaps that feeds into this too is is people see that they've had enough with how that player is being handled then it that feeds into this too in my opinion um and and i don't i don't like the fight but i think that that for the reasons you outlined but i i i can also see a situation where it's like look if if this isn't going to stop from this guy we we have to address it and, and go back to to the way that we can address it in our own way. Yeah, and I don't think anything happened with Savard last night that's going to give Vince Wilson a play otherwise. Well, exactly. Which is why it's kind of empty. It just it resounds in your room, though. For sure. A bit. And we should we should pass this on to like uh, the the league today informed the Blue Jackets this morning. They have a game tonight, so they get to these matters pretty quickly. Um, that Savard, it technically per the NHL rulebook, written though it is, Allison. Um, <laughs> It says that that a player guilty of an instigator in the final five minutes of a game is subject to an automatic, that word's in there, automatic suspension. And the coach is subject to a $10,000 fine. Right. Um, Really how that that rule works is it's there to keep players from hunting after a player in the final five minutes of a meaningless game. In other words, if it happens organically, the league usually lifts the – the suspension and the fine. That is what happened. Blue Jackets were, have been informed that Savard will not be suspended for tonight's game against Detroit. Uh, John Tortorella does not lose $10,000. $10, Can you imagine? So all is, yeah, I know, right? Um, and, and how poetic would it be for that to happen, for Wilson's hit <laughs> on Gavrikov to not go punished, but for the Blue Jackets to lose a defenseman for a game and for Tortorella to be fined $10,000. I think the NHL sees... I think the NHL has turned this into sort of a um, – it's up to them if they want to do it or not. Right. Because they realize the absurdity, the potential absurdity. Of it. So, anyways, 3 nothing. Blue Jackets beat the Caps. Um, you can't say you saw it coming, certainly, uh, because this team has just been really wildly inconsistent uh, with its results, certainly. I think the effort has been there most nights, although that has started to wane – uh, to the frustration of John Tortorella. Um, Allison, the, I think we're starting, the club is not advertising this, nor will they, but I think we're starting to see the Blue Jacket season morph into a, a different uh, objective. Mm-hmm. I think winning is still the objective, but with so many kids in the lineup, so many kids that are going to be in the lineup the rest of the way, uh, last night they had six rookies, in the lineup, they might have seven in the lineup tonight against against uh, Detroit, as we think Elvis Merzlikens is starting. But it feels like they're starting to use the rest of the season to look at the kids and to learn intently about who they are and what they have um, over these final fifty games. The playoffs are probably not going to happen, even if they go on a crazy run here. Does it feel like they're starting to view? this season differently in Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you look at the call-ups and 
call-ups go a couple different ways, right? You, you see the best player to fill the hole come up. Um, right. Or sometimes you see a different choice. And Kevin Stenland has been on, I think it was a 10-game point streak um, in Cleveland. Was, yeah, it just ended his last game there with the, with the Monsters. Correct. Um, so, you know, that, that call-up makes sense. Um, this is a guy who can play in the middle, can play on the wing. So that kind of fits. And Marco Dano has had a, had a respectable season down in Cleveland, but you don't see, and granted this is, this is an, an older player, but you don't see Nathan Gerby, who's their leading point scorer come up. Um, you don't see some other guys who've been putting the puck in the net come up. So as you're saying, this, this hints to versus we need someone who can bring scoring help and help us win games to, we want to have some talent up here for sure, but we also want to look at some guys that we haven't seen as much of. I mean, John Tortorella told us last night, remember, Torts was not here when Marco Dano played. So right. um, this is a player he doesn't know. And the organization hasn't seen at an NHL level in their organization in, what is it now, five years? So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different kind of call-up than maybe you'd see in a different situation. Yeah, and Dano played his first game for the Blue Jackets last night since April 11, 2015. Crazy. And yeah, and he sort of in in that year, that 1415, he sort of he must had like a cult following. He did. It w- yeah, and when they traded him <laughs> they traded him in the Brandon Saad trade, and people were like, No, Dano <laughs> And you're like, oh, do you realize what you just got in return? My God. Uh but he was a popular player. Very. Very um here. And and his career's kind of gone on an awkward and unfortunate twist with Chicago and Winnipeg. Um, he feels like an AHL player uh, more than an AHL player these last couple of years, which is unfortunate, but there's some stuff about him. I didn't mind him last night. I liked Stenlin last night as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of these guys uh, as they come, as they, as the season moves along. Part of it is, I, I think, as we said earlier, wanting to know about these guys, Elvis Merzlikens falls in that category too. Mm-hmm. They cannot, um, get they cannot get through this season without answers right on some of these guys like them if they miss the playoffs that's unfortunate if they miss the playoffs and don't have a book on these guys that's that's really unfortunate and that's wasting a year um so i don't think the blue jackets they're not in tank mode by any no, stretch no. of the imagination but i i don't think merzlikens is going to sit for two weeks at a time anymore because this is something they have to know about they, they just do um, and so, uh, a brief injury update here, Milano upper body. You, you saw what happened. Mark Borowiecki, uh, hit him a head hit, not intentional, but that's what it was. Uh, a a big dude. Milano is day to day. That's clearly a head injury, maybe a neck injury, something related to that area. Uh, Anderson, we're told is, is out a bit longer. Um, they're not saying exactly what it is. The blue jackets have been strangely, these injuries were Saturday. The Blue Jackets have been strangely mum about this, but the sense is that Anderson, uh, this is not a short-term injury for Anderson. We've been told it's a shoulder. Again, the club has not has not stated as much. <clears throat> Murray uh, has had that nagging back injury. Um, so I, if it's a lower back, I don't know if you call that a lower body, but he is he is 
Um, no official word on him, but he's out of the lineup for the foreseeable future as well. So here it goes. Um, they're going to be uh, playing a lot of kids, Allison. And uh, your, your thoughts on, I think some people like this. If you're going to lose, you might as well do it with kids and let them get something out of it. You, you care? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, and listen to it, Torts kind of poo-pooed this idea, but I, I think there is sometimes credibility in it that it, when you bring up a, a new player, a player who wants to be noticed, a player who wants to make a mark, you can see some extra jump in their step and, and then hopefully the team. I think that's what we saw, not to discredit uh, the player's talent at all, but that's what we saw with Eric Robinson, I'd argue, when he came up. Um, Andrew Peak brought in a boost. So, you know, it, it can inject some energy into your team, I think, it also gives the fans something to be interested in and see and, and also get some added energy from is, is what else is going on in this organization is, you know, what, what lies ahead down the road for this organization with the talent they have. So right. I, I don't have a problem with it at all. And to your point, I do like seeing how some of these players can translate if at all to the NHL level, you know, you mentioned Dano. I mean, it, for people who weren't following the team back then, that was that dad and the kids line, Scott Hartnell, Alexander Wenberg, Marco Dano, um, right. that in that span was, was arguably one of the top two lines that the Blue Jackets had. If, if Dano scored a goal, the arena would do a Marco Dano cheer across the arena. Um, so, and you know, you mentioned his unfortunate path. He's had some injuries in there too. It, can he reclaim his game? Um, I think that's an important question for this organization. So, yeah, let, let's let's see what they can do. And and honestly, while Torts and, and isn't in the mood to celebrate massively that win over the Caps, credit to that roster because it was it was not the roster this organization started the season with. Um, we talked about it looking really questionable going into the game, and good on that group for putting a win together like they did. Yeah, and I, and you mentioned. Torts has been muted after a couple of their recent wins. Um, the one in Washington as well. Yeah. But, and I like this from Oliver Bjorkstrand last night. It was rather short after, after not short in a, in a shitty way. Uh, just, he, he says, we have no excuse. Right. We have to do that against other teams as well. We have to keep it going now. In other words, big whoop. This shouldn't be, this shouldn't be something to celebrate. It should be the, the, the regular part of the season. This team needs to sort of, figure out who they are. Um, uh, let, let's go through the rooks here, Allison, that are playing with regularity. Alexander Texier. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a little burst of offense here. Mm-hmm. Um, spoke with him last night and said he's just, he's, he hasn't changed anything about his game. He's just starting to feel more confident. That play he made uh, off the backhand to set up Robinson, mm. another rookie, uh, for the 1-0 goal last night. Boy, that's something. It was impressive. Um you know, and, and there's a lot, you can see the little adjustments he continues to have to make to the NHL game. You and I talked about that turnover in the neutral zone um, in the Ottawa game um, yeah. where maybe play is right. going a little faster than he's expecting it to go. But to have that poise and, and to do that play at that speed, um, that's impressive. Um, I, I put the play out, I put the play out there twice just because I thought that pass was so nice and yeah. that's what you want to see from a guy like that. Yeah. And it, it should be noted, he was moved to center ice and it, it was said, this is what it's going to be. We're going to develop him. Right. 
Now he's back in the wing. Yeah. Uh, Wenberg's in the middle. Um, I, I think that's fine. Just let the kid play. He well, may exactly. just be a winger. He may just be a winger. Well, Whatever. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason that it has to be determined now, but he needs to be in a place where he can be comfortable and thrive. Uh, Eric Robinson, your thoughts on, on this kid. Um, Torts last night says that's Grabner's feet. Yeah. Made a point to say that. Yeah. Yes. And in NHL circles, that's like, woo. Yeah. That's, that's a name that is always thrown out there as one of the fastest skaters ever. Yeah. I, it's, and this is an interesting player to me to see. Um, you know, I mentioned his kind of burst of energy when he comes in, he gets his, what his first two goals against Carey Price. I mean, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, right. Or excuse me, they were his, uh, his, yeah, his first two. Um, but you know, I think he kind of lost himself for a little bit. He sits, he was scratched for three games. Um, I, what I really like about this kid is watching him adapt on the fly and, and seemingly now return to form that we saw when he came with that initial burst. You don't always see that, um, for a player. I like that. He has the two assists last game, the game winner last night, um, It'll be interesting to juxtapose him against a Josh Anderson, right? Because, yes, they're both big. Yes, they're both fast. But I I see a little bit of difference in their games, which is fine and good. And why not have both of those kind of guys on your on your lineup eventually? Um, but, yeah, I like the response from him as he's adjusting to, to everything that the NHL game demands of him. Yeah, uh, and Vladislav Gavrikov is a guy we don't, we, we don't talk much about. He feels like he's an older, more experienced player, which I, I suppose is, is a high compliment. He, he never has looked out of place to me in the NHL, and I think the Blue Jackets really have something here, such that I think they can move a, a body or two off the blue line at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. You know, this was a highly touted prospect for quite a few years because he chose to stay over in Russia, I think longer than the organization originally expected. Um, I expected defensive talent with, with some upside. I've been really pleasantly surprised with how he's come in and gotten so comfortable so fast. He sees time on the penalty kill, particularly now on the regular. Um, He has really brought an interesting addition to this blue line. I think you're right. I think it gives them some even more flexibility there um, if they need to move assets. Um, And and I really like his offensive upside. He he brings a good first pass. He will join the rush. There was a, I think it was a couple games ago, you look up and and who's got the scoring chance literally in the blue? Vladislav Gavrikov. (laughs) So um, I, I really like... Um, what this player is becoming, particularly because he has the size to match it uh, to play on the blue line. So I, I really like what he's doing. Yeah, and we're going to have Corey Pronman on the athletics uh, prospect future watch guru uh, on Friday's podcast. So look for that. We'll talk about those rookies. Uh, we've already discussed it more and also what this draft uh, holds uh, in it because it sure looks like the Blue Jackets are going to get one hell of a pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Though, for me, the one of the most fascinating aspects of this team all year has been how they're going to handle themselves in goal. Yep. And Merzlikens is starting to play more. If he plays tonight, Allison, it'll be four starts in nine games. Correct. He's going to win a game. He has to. <laughs> He's going to get a win. 
Um, and many are, many, he's, this will be, if he starts tonight again, we're couching the team has not made it official. Um, this would be his ninth consecutive start on the road, Crazy. which is wild. And our good friends at the Elias Sports Bureau um, passed along this. Uh, we, we wondered about this. Where does this rate? Uh, Merz Leakins is, went along with Jim Petty of the late 70s Bruins, um, has eight consecutive road starts to start his career. Leland Irving and David Riddick, I think this would both be for Calgary, made their first nine starts on the road. Um, but Danny Severin's first 11 starts were on the road. And Severin started with the Flames as well. This must be a Flame thing. Um, also played for Pittsburgh. He would have made nothing but road starts for Calgary and Pittsburgh. And his first whew, six games, yes, with Vancouver as well, before he made a home start for the Canucks in 06-07. So this is not unprecedented what Merzlikens has done, but it's getting... Uh, in that in that realm, uh, we think he's going to start seeing more games the rest of the way. Is that your sense as well? Yeah, and I, you know he's if if you look back, you know you can kind of start to see the patterns emerge that a team is following. And and before again, if he starts tonight, he was playing every third game um, and had been doing that for for a bit now. He started playing every by playing every fifth game, then went now at every fourth game. He had three games sitting off um, in between. And now this is first every other game. But, you know, you said this. They have to figure out what they have in this player. And I think to yes. to also make the case for giving him more playing time, I mean, look at his partner in goal. The the, the storyline on Yunus Corposala was always, well, yeah, you know, it's maybe not great by the numbers. and But we really believe that if he gets more playing time, he's going to find a higher level and more consistency in his game. Um, and I actually asked Eunice about that last night, and he said, yeah. He goes, when you can play more, you just you, you key into your game more. And, and if you really need to understand what Elvis is, you have to give him not the same luxury in terms of starts as Corpusalo, because Corpusalo has obviously earned the bulk of the games right now, but we've, we are literally seeing a case where more time can reveal a goaltender's potential in Eunice Corpusalo. Yes. And so if you really need to evaluate Merzlikens, you've got to give him some of that. Um, and we talked going into the season, this is the one of the most intriguing storylines of this, particularly because if they both end up being great, what does that mean? Um, right. And the last, <laughs> the last thing you want to do, I mean, the fan base will, will cry stories of these from here to high heaven is, you move a guy who then goes on to be amazing somewhere else. So they really need to see Elvis came in here so touted. And, and we've talked about this from people outside of this organization as well, who had no skin in this game. Can he translate that to the NHL game or not? We don't know the answer yeah. yet. In my opinion. No, I was thinking about this last night. Like I, I'm fine with giving him starts here. If it, and it looked like it was a little rich for him in Ottawa mm -hmm. on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Rough first goal. The other two I don't put on him. One was 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 disallowed or waived. Um, but he was pulled after the first period. If he continues to struggle at the NHL level, I could see the Blue Jackets. This is going to sound strange. But adding on the cheap a veteran goaltender to play with Corpusala the rest of the year and putting Merzlikens in the minors and saying, finish the season 
play your ass off, get up to speed, yep. play. He's yep. got to play. He's got to play. This is a guy that's played like 70 plus games a year for the last five, six years. And between Switzerland, between his national team, between the world championships, this guy plays a ton of hockey. This is totally new for him mm-hmm. to play so sparingly. And, and I don't know where, how he would feel about going to Cleveland. That's not why he signed in North America. He thought he had skipped that step. I get it. But if he's open to that, let go play. Right. So if you're not, if you feel like he's being overwhelmed at the NHL level, that would, to me would make a ton of sense. Now that just punts the decision to next year because if you do that and he plays well, then you're in a situation where you're going to be doing the same thing again next year. Corpus is the starter. When can you get Merzlikens playing time? Um, so I don't, I don't know if you I, – I, maybe when next I talk to Yarmo, I'll try to press him on this. But do you have to have a decision this year? Can you possibly punt this to next year? Or I think they should do everything they can to figure out if this guy can play and figure out if he has trade value or if he just – if he – blossoms in these final 50 games looks awesome and you decide you can even move Corpus Allo. That seems really unlikely at this point. It sure feels like Corpus Allo owns the net. Um, but I feel like they want a remedy to this situation sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. The idea, the ideal situation would be, as you said, Allison, for both of them to look like really, really good NHL goaltenders. But I, at this point, I don't know if you're going to, Get that Corpusalo, yes. I'm not sure if you're going to get that from Merzlikens between now and the end of the season. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, and and I, I mean, you are obviously um, talking to to Yarmo more than I am on this, but I will say this: I, if they put Elvis in the A for the rest of the year, and if he's yeah. willing to go there, the luxury this team does have right now is cap space. So, yeah. if this organization really believes in Elvis. I mean, look look at Sergei Bobrovsky, right? I mean, Philly hands him off because they've just decided he's not going to do it. Um, sure. If this organization decides that they still really believe in him and the very best path for his development is to go to the A and then be a backup next year or maybe shuttle back and forth for one more year because then it's just that's the timeline that he needs – they can afford to do that financially and time-wise, in my opinion, if Corpus Allo continues yeah. at the level of play he is showing. Um, it's not what everyone scripted or maybe wanted. But again, I do think they have the luxury of time and money to do that if that's really the right decision and they are not yet ready to part with this player. Yeah, I think they feel now like Corpus Allo can be the guy. For sure. And Corpus Allo has played really well. Very well. Right, especially of late, but but on the whole, he's played pretty damn well. Um, so I think anything Elvis gives you at this point is is gravy. Right. I don't I don't see either of these guys. I don't see both of these guys being with the organization, say by the end of next season. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? I do. I think they've got to have they, they've got to have an answer there on 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 Merzlikens by then, um, for sure. But. Unless, unless... Oh, 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 wait, wait for it, people. And I've been quietly beating this drum for a while, and we look around the league and see it starting to come up. Teams more and more are sharing the net between two quality goaltenders, and and it's a load management strategy that for... I mean, even Corpus Allo said last night, those last five minutes, he he felt them in his legs. 
and, and he wasn't complaining by any means, but there is value to managing the workload of your goaltenders as much yeah. as any player on the ice. And we look at teams that are successful and they have two really strong goaltenders. And again, if this organization chooses to take that strategy and the players are on board, they can afford to do that because these aren't $10 million a year guys yet. So it could be an interesting strategy from a load management perspective for a couple more years if they're both on board and, and playing at that level. I just wonder how long Elvis Merzlikens will stand to have the word backup uh, beside his name. You sure. Know what I'm but who's the backup in for the Islanders? Um, well, is it uh, is Grice the starter? That, but this is what I'm saying: is if if the if the you're not suggesting, Allison, what? that Elvis Merzlikens is on par with the Islanders' backup. Not Please. today. No, no. But I'm saying long-term for organizations to have two strong goaltenders, a 1A yes. and a 1B, is, is that means Elvis is no longer the quote-unquote backup. That's what I'm saying, to your point. And, and, yeah. and listen, we've seen stranger things happen if a team gels and a team wants to win right. versus, I mean, if a player cares that they're called a backup, and everything else is going great. I mean, I think that's a different question, right? Yeah, sure. Um, Uniform Salas since the start of November. 8-6-2, 9-24 save percentage, 2.17 goals against. Sounds good. That sounds really good. I have to think throughout the league, that's among one of the better goaltenders in that span. Let us look here. Um, yes. He is uh, 16th in the league. Well, that's not even controlling for the guys that uh, barely play. That's that's going to be top 10 in the league Yep. in that span. Yep. Uh, and the goals against is even more impressive. That's a very respectable goals against. That's top 10 is top, yeah, roughly. It's 11th. So he's been really, really good. <laughs> uh, so at least they know that. I think that we mentioned this last night in the postgame video. If they get nothing else out of the season, no playoffs, Cam Atkinson still continues to struggle, although he's been better of late. Um, if, if, if guys have slumps all year and just have worse years of their careers, whatever, at least they come out of this knowing that Eunice Corpusala can be a number one goaltender. Absolutely. I mean, he's if, if you look at, you know, and, and some people know I, I don't love pure save percentage and goals, goals against because it, it doesn't consider a lot of contextual questions but if you look at how he's performed compared to expectations I mean two of his the best games of his career have been last night and then in Pittsburgh when he steals that point for the team um and and you know you've you looked at a date range there and and I totally agree he had a little bit of a rough start which might drag down some of his season numbers but you know We've mentioned this a million times. If you if you don't see how he's playing right now, and the value he's bringing to this team, I, I don't think you're watching <laughs> this team play. Um, right. He's really come into the game, and this is what we were told was going to happen: is that as he got the time, we were going to see what he was or wasn't. Um, and I think he's he's right. done exactly that and come into a really really strong goaltender. Yeah. All good stuff. So Blue Jackets tonight in Detroit will be up there. 
Allison, anything to add? Anything for the fine folks listening? Just stay warm. It's cold. Stupid. Why do we do this? <laughs> I don't know. I blame our ancestors for, like, why did they stop here? <laughs> well, at least they didn't, our, our specific ancestors didn't go even further north. True. They could have, like, stopped in Baffin Bay or something. Yes. It's okay. Um, did you see there's a newspaper for sale in Alaska for zero dollars where they're looking for someone to run the newspaper in a town of a thousand people? Oh, see, that makes me sad. Oh, see, that make, it makes me think if I were like 20 years old, that'd be a blast and a great life experience. Oh, it'd be amazing for sure. Yeah. I mentioned it to my wife and she said, oh my God, like, bye, like. Nice knowing you. Um, but it's in southern Alaska. Oh. It's not really that, it's not really that bad. <laughs> Relatively. Right. I would love to go see Alaska sometime, though. Anyways, we're getting off on a rant here. Thanks <laughs> for uh, listening. We will talk to you Friday again. Uh, Corey Promen with The Athletic is going to be here. So, you know what? Shoot us your questions if you're listening. Um, send us questions via Twitter. Allison is Allison L. I'm a ports line. Um, if you have questions for Corey Prominent, we'll prompt before the podcast on Friday. If there's a player specifically, we'll probably get to the most of the main Blue Jackets prospects and certainly the rookies that are playing for them in the lineup uh, right now. Um, but if you have questions for Prominent, uh, by all means, send them along. So we'll look forward to that on Friday. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for reading. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.